0: I know it seems like hopelessly old news when I bring up yet again maximum Security's disqualification from the win in the Kentucky Derby. I mean, it's not like the result is going to be changed this far after the fact. Or will it? We'll tell you about another Derby result that has been overturned two years after the race. Plus, he's perhaps the youngest person ever to join a horseman's association, but Nick Vacaresa is wise beyond his years. And not just when it comes to horses, we'll explain on this edition of In the Gate. They're in the gates, they're about to move in. They roll out. And they're off. As they move to the top of the straight, it's a head finish. This is In The Gate, ESPN's Thoroughbred Racing Podcast. My name is Barry Abrams. You can follow me on Twitter at B Abrams Voice or on Facebook at Barry Abrams Voice. You can get us as well on YouTube, SoundCloud, TuneIn.com, or your Podcatcher app, and of course, in the listen tab at ESPN.com. And we want to make sure you vote for us in the upcoming Fan Choice Awards at America's Best Racing. It happens in November after the Breeders' Cup, not yet. And yes, Best Racing Podcast is one of the categories, so you know what to do, ITG Army! If you like this show, vote for us in November in the Fan Choice Awards at America'sBestRacing.net. In many cases, our friends to the north, Canada, take longer to do things than we do here in the United States. A Canadian Football League field is 10 yards longer than a standard field, and the end zones are each 10 yards longer than ours which actually is a great idea. Four years, of course, is the term for a sitting U.S. president, yet there is no term limit at all for the Canadian prime minister. So, you get the idea. With that thought in mind, we take you back two years to August nineteenth, two 2017. It was the Grade 3 Canadian Derby when a colt named Chief Know-It-All battled down the stretch with double bear chasing on the outside and Trooper John on the inside of Chief Know It All. Here's how it sounded that day: two furlongs to run. Chief Know It All and Trooper John have hooked up. Back in the third is Double Bear. Chief Know It All ahead better. Then Trooper John it is outside. Down the lane they come, and it is Chief Know It All, Trooper John, Double Bear not done just yet. Get trying to get back in the picture here. Chief Know It All leads. Trooper John surged on the outside. Double Bear inside. Chief Know It All, Trooper John, Double Bear, Chief. Chief Know-It-All in the Derby! Chief know was the winner, with Double Bear and Trooper John dead-heating for second. But hold on a minute. After the race, the trainer of Double Bear filed a complaint with the Board of Stewards, saying that Chief Know-It-All had interfered. No change was made to the order of finish at that time. Since the race was run in Edmonton, which is in the Canadian province of Alberta, An appeal to the Board of Stewards of Alberta resulted, one year later, in July of 2018, in a reversal of the decision. The stewards disqualified Chief Know-It-All and declared Double Bear and Trooper John, who had dead-heated for second, as co-winners of the 2017 Canadian Derby. But wait, there's more! Of course, as you would expect, the owners of Chief Know-It-All then filed a lawsuit. The justice who heard this appeal ruled that the stewards should not have declared both Double Bear and Trooper John as co-winners, because Trooper John wasn't fouled in the stretch run. Therefore, the stewards should have put Chief Know-It-All behind only the horse he fouled, Double Bear. Therefore, the justice declared Double Bear as the winner, Chief Know-It-All placed second behind him, and Trooper John to be third. Got all that? So why do we tell you this? Because I'm sure you're not all that interested in the results of a two-year-old horse race in Canada in and of itself. But what if these shenanigans we just mentioned had involved not the Canadian Derby, but this race? They turn for home in the Kentucky Derby and Code of Honor has slipped through down inside to challenge for the lead. Country House on the outside battles on two. War of Will is also there. And down toward the inside, Maximum Security is boxing on two. Improbable down the center of the track. There's one furlong to go. It's Maximum Security digging down deep. Country House continues to close on the outside but Maximum Security at the peak of perfection in the Kentucky Derby. Wins by two. Country House was Second, Code of Honor was there, and the photo for third with Tacitus. There's been a disqualification. Number seven, maximum security disqualified from first for interference. The new order of finish, number 20, Country House first. Number 13, Code of Honor second. Number eight, Tacitus third. Number five, and probable fourth. Once again, number seven, maximum security disqualified. While the mainstream public had not really experienced a DQ in a horse race, and certainly not in America's most famous race, the ruling was by and large the only possible verdict, given the way American stewards are supposed to interpret interference rules. But what if the boondoggle I just described with the Canadian Derby had happened with the Kentucky Derby? Oh, wait, it still could the owners of Maximum Security Gary and Mary West have filed a lawsuit against the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission that is still pending. Uh Uh-oh, as if the sport isn't under enough scrutiny. So let's get a feel for how the Canadian Derby thing happened and what it might mean for the Kentucky Derby decision. And for that, we welcome in here to win the gate for the first time Edmonton Journal reporter Curtis Stock, who's been following this situation closely. What do you think made the difference in the Board of Stewards' decision to overturn the original verdict and then the Justice's decision to amend the first verdict?
1: I don't know what the difference was. It's double bears trainer Rod Cohn lodged a foul. The Stewards disallowed the foul and that's where it stood until Cohn then appealed the Stewards' decision to a racing tribunal and that took 11 months of hearings, three of them, and then they reversed the decision. The... The appeal tribunal said that it was Chief Know-It-All that caused the foul. The steward said that it was Double Bear who came in first and made the first contact, tipping Chief Know-It-All to the inside.
0: I guess the overriding question is, should there be a statute of limitations on decisions <laughs> yeah. like this?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't even know how many jurisdictions there are in North America where such an appeal process even exists. But for to take two years is ridiculous.
0: How does the passage of time impact the backlash by the public?
1: Well, I'm sure the public is confused as uh, everyone else is because I mean, there's a lot of things in the decisions that came down which are very strange. I mean, first of all, you had Cooper, John, and Double Bear who dead heated for second, and then somehow in the latest ruling, they decided to you know to split the dead heat, which is to me, ridiculous, and made Trooper John third, even though he had dead-heated for second.
0: It doesn't make a lot of sense. But, I mean, how do you think the public views this when they read these decisions?
1: Well, I'm sure, they're again, as confused as everybody. I mean, the money has been paid out as far as the mutuals, but it hasn't been paid out as far as the purses.
0: We're talking with Edmonton Journal reporter Curtis Stock here on In the Gate. How much does public backlash in this process even matter, getting it done quickly or getting it done right?
1: Well, I think getting it done quickly should have been the first priority. I mean, uh, the stewards made a decision, and, you know, I mean, in most jurisdictions, that's where it ends, right?
0: I mean, there are appeals that, that happen, but they're usually done rather expediently, right?
1: Right, not two years. I mean, the first one, the first appeal took a year and then it took another year again for for the last jurisdictional or judicial review to change.
0: The other obvious issue here, of course, and you alluded to it earlier, is that a change so far after the fact might prove satisfaction for the connections that are awarded the win. But what about the people who wagered on that horse? You're not going to be able to go back to Northlands Park to cash your ticket, even if you still have it, because Northlands Park doesn't even exist anymore. It <laughs> no. closed last October. Yeah,
1: that's right.
0: What do you think? Will anything happen paramutually as a result of this?
1: No, it's impossible because the payouts have been made and the money's been paid out. So, And like you said, there is no Northlands Park. There's still Horse Racing Alberta, which uh, governs. Northlands Park and now governs the new track here in, in Edmonton called Century Mile.
0: And, oh, by the way, at Century Mile this year, the Canadian Derby also had a disqualification.
1: What's going yeah. on here? I don't know, but, yeah, you're right. In the last one, there was a another change. They made Explode, who crossed the finish line second to Chicago Invader Journeyman who had crossed the wire on top. And they disqualified journeyman for interference. He did take the horse out a long way down the stretch.
0: Now, of course, the reason we bring all of this up, the big question is, will this situation have any impact on the similar one going on with the Kentucky Derby?
1: Well, I can't see it, but have they not ruled that there is no appeal process?
0: Yeah, but I think Gary West still has some lawsuit pending, the owner of Maximum Security.
1: But where would he take it to? What, uh, like obviously, like the rules in Alberta here are obviously different than anywhere else, I'm sure. I mean, you know, for, to be able to take it this long, first of all, and, and second, to, you know, split up a dead heat and move Trooper John to third, there's a lot of weird things that happen.
0: Well, there were a lot of weird things that happened in the Kentucky Derby as well. I mean, the Horse Racing Commission filed a motion to dismiss the thing, but I don't know that anything has happened since then. So as far as I'm concerned, that thing is still out there.
1: Yeah, well, it's still out there as far as this uh, 2017 ruling, too, because the owners of Chief Know-It-All said they're not satisfied yet and they wanted to appeal it further.
0: Now, we had not long ago at the Jockey Club Roundtable Conference in Saratoga, a whole get-together of people when it comes to interpreting the rules. Is this more an issue, in your mind, of interpreting the rules of disqualification or the administering of one once it happens?
1: Well, it's both, for sure. It's both. I mean, the crux of the matter with the uh, derby of 2017 was, you know, who initiated the contact first? There was a lot of bumping going on. There was a chain reaction, and uh, the owners of uh, Chief Noda said that Double Bear ran into him first, and then we ran into him, and then again, like we say, like, I mean, like two years later, so so it's definitely both.
0: Can you imagine if two years from now, maximum security is once again ruled as the winner of the Kentucky Derby? You'll never hear the end of that one. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Stock, for shedding some light on this. This is crazy.
1: It is crazy. It's a mess.
0: We're going to take a short break here on In the Gate, but when we come back, he fancies himself as a future Chad Brown, but what's happened to Nick Vacarasa in his life before working for Chad Brown is more than any of us should ever experience. We'll explain as the In the Gate podcast continues. Welcome back to the In the Gate podcast. I'm blessed to be 19. Were the words that Nick Vacareza told to Jay Hovde of the Daily Racing Forum back in December. Vacareza's experienced quite a bit in his short time here on Earth. His family owned Little Mike the upset winner of the 2012 Breeders' Cup Turf. Little Mike's hanging tough, trailbazer up alongside, and at the rail, point of entry, getting a late run, but it is Little Mike, all heart is kicking on, Little Mike, point of entry, finishing strongly along the inside down the center, St. Nicholas Abbey, Little Mike in front though, and Little Mike, Little Mike in an upset, Little Mike won it. Was there any doubt after that race what kind of career path Nick Vacaresa would take? He interned after high school for the now three-time defending Eclipse Award-winning trainer Chad Brown at Saratoga. Now that he's in college at Florida Atlantic, Vacaresa handles some of Chad Brown's younger horses at Palm Meadows. But wait, did we mention high school? We mentioned that Nick Vacaresa said last winter, I'm blessed to be 19. Whether he would make it that far was in peril on Valentine's Day of last year. This mass casualty incident in South Florida at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Broward County, Florida. A shooter, apparently a lone shooter, uh, going classroom to classroom, shooting more bullets than could be counted, according to one eyewitness, multiple fatalities. Nick Vacareza was at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School that day, but not in the same building as the shooter. Fortunately, Nick was able to locate his brother Mike, and both were okay. though 17 others lost their lives. So when we say wise beyond his years, you know what we mean, as we welcome in Nick Vacaresa for the first time here to win the gate. So what is your role with the Chad Brown Stable?
2: Um, I'm like, I call myself like a mini foreman. I do basically everything that needs to be done, no matter who's giving me an order. It could be Chad, it could be one of the assistants, it could be another foreman. Chad likes checking his horses a lot for soundness and... We check them over a lot. Another thing would be, like, helping grooms out if they're in a tight situation, they have two horses in a set. And just overall, making sure the barn is running
0: smoothly. Now, obviously, your family's been involved with racing for several years. So how much of what you're experiencing now is new, and how much is what you've seen before?
2: What really is new is the system and working in such a big operation. At Palmettos in Saratoga, Chad has four or five. In Saratoga, six different barns of horses. When I was younger, helping out my dad, he he's only had he only has like thirty horses. So horse wise, not much is new. But what I love learning about is how. Chad's operation works and how he's so
0: successful. How have you been able to balance working for Chad while still going to school?
2: It's been hard. It's a lot of work. I want to get school out of the way so one day I can become a trainer. So I bite the bullet and push through. And I loved working for Chad. So that's not really that hard to go to work.
0: So am I correct? You had been at the University of Kentucky, but transferred to Florida Atlantic?
2: Yeah, when I was at the University of Kentucky, I couldn't work for Chad. So I just saw time as passing by. I was wasting time there. Yeah, the university is great, but if I can earn a business, the, the business trade from school, and then the horse trade from Chad and working for Chad so much... I felt that is the best way to propel me to be a professional in what I want to do.
0: Now, speaking of Chad, uh, what role did he play for you in the immediate aftermath of the high school incident?
2: Chad was down here for Palmetto's. You know, he made sure I was all right. He came to my dad's fundraiser for it. So he was there. I mean, he supported me a lot through it not only given me such a great opportunity by working for him, but for being a good idol and role model
0: for me. We're talking with Nick Vaccareza here on Indigate. A number of young people from there and elsewhere vowed to drive social change in the days and weeks following the, the Stoneman Douglas incident. Where do you stand on that?
2: I think things won't change until it's... Pretty hard to get a firearm because mentally sick people are getting their hands on weapons and they're, you know, using them in bad ways. For instance, the kid that came to my school and did what happened there, he should have never been allowed to get a gun. So if we can stop all these mentally ill people from getting their hands on these guns, no matter what type of weapon it is, they're still dangerous. And in the wrong hands, they can kill people.
0: How have you been affected by the recent events in El Paso and Dayton?
2: Nothing will affect me like what happened at my school, but it just goes to show, like, nothing's going to change until... The background checks are more thorough, and things get done with that.
0: Well, it seems that nothing is going to change in the Vaca family in terms of everybody's involved in racing. So, I mean, you work for Chad Brown now. Do you see yourself working for other trainers to get different perspectives down the line before you go out on your own, or have you not really thought that far?
2: Um. Well, you know, Chad worked for Bobby Frankel, when he was coming up in the ranks. And no, I don't. I don't see things going anywhere between Chad and I. I would love to be in one of his assistants one day and then make a decision and go out on my own because I know Chad will support me and Chad knows the best ways to do things. We're doing really good in Saratoga. We're a leading trainer right over there. So um, no, I, I I don't see myself leaving Chad as anything. Staying with him for a longer period of time. I don't see a point in learning two ways to do it if the way I'm learning it is the best way to
0: do it. Well, we certainly wish you the best of luck with those endeavors, and thank you so much for a few minutes, sir.
2: Yeah, no, no, no problem.
0: Our thanks to Nick Bacareza and to Curtis Stock. The richest race on earth will now be run in Saudi Arabia next February for 20 million bucks. Both media and fans at the announcement in Saratoga were throwing roses with smiles that screamed, Aw, shucks! But may I remind you the United Nations found credible evidence that the country bears responsibility for a deplorable human rights record and the crown prince was somehow involved in the grisly death of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. May I also remind you that in Saudi Arabia, women are legal minors. They need male guardians for everything they do. Marry, divorce, get a job, or travel? Women cannot start these themselves. Would a female-trained horse be in the race's queue? What better place to stage an event of such instant prestige? I couldn't think of a better landing spot than a country staunchly opposed to what we Americans hold so dear with a leader who's a thinly disguised despot. You can get us on YouTube, SoundCloud, TuneIn.com or your podcatcher app, and of course in the Listen tab at ESPN.com. And we want to make sure you vote for us in the upcoming Fan Choice Awards at America's Best Racing. It happens in November after the Breeders' Cup, and yes, Best Racing Podcast is one of the categories. So you know what to do, ITG Army. If you like this show, vote for us in November in the Fan Choice Awards at americasbestracing.net. And you can follow me on Twitter at B. Abrams Voice or on Facebook at Barry Abrams Voice. That's In The Gate for this week. I'm Barry Abrams. We'll see you next time.